just providing people with that outlet to escape a little and enjoy themselves. Um, even if I wasn't feeding folks, even if my kids weren't doing it anymore, I think that that would be what would keep me coming back is, is seeing the reaction on people's faces when they're enjoying themselves. Well, we made it. This is the final episode of season two. It's been a great, great uh, season with lots of interesting guests. Some areas of and things that I really didn't know about and always great people that I get to talk to. And my last guest of the season is my good friend, Patty Duncan. Patty and I worked together at Discovery Education for years, spent a lot of uh, evenings, uh, dinners and conversations talking about all kinds of things. And we became uh, very, very good friends. This particular aspect of her life, the Renaissance Fair involvement, is not something that I really completely understood. Always probably saw it as a little bit of a strange passion, and she readily admits that it is kind of an odd thing, but it's a really fascinating um, thing to be involved with and, and a passion that, that started with her kids and now is just something that she's uh, committed to uh, on her own. So uh, I hope you enjoy my conversation with uh, Patty Duncan. So Patty Duncan uh, started her career as an educator in 1996. Um, I was a food chemist before that. And uh, for one reason or another was changing out of that profession. And my boss said to me, you know, you're supposed to be a teacher, right? And I said, well, you know, because my father had been a teacher. So I was like, I don't know if I'm going to follow in the footsteps kind of thing. But I did. I jumped in and started teaching chemistry and I taught chemistry for 14 years. Uh, prior to coming to Discovery Education in 2008. And uh, ever since then, I've worked with educators on a daily basis, um, doing all kinds of things and helping educators not only use Discovery Education, but just good classroom strategies, things around STEM thinking, all of that fun stuff. Um, you know, I'm an educator by nature, I think. <laughs> You are, and I, I always can't help but picturing you in a white lab coat. That's kind of what my <laughs> what my envision of Patty does. It is, is the iconic a white lab coat. picture Doing of that, some Patty. weird experiment, making something blow up, explode, or expand, or contract, or do something, have some sort of chemical reaction. I know a lot of people who call themselves, you know, who have done the transitions like we have, who call themselves former teachers, and I just can't bring myself to do it. And I also don't call myself a former scientist. It's just... That's right. Sure. Who you are. Yeah, you are still. <laughs> no, I absolutely are that. So, um, you know, you and I have known each other since our uh, our days at Discovery, low these many years ago. Um, <clears throat> during that time, I got to know uh, you on, you know, a personal level and like, oh, Patty has this. And I don't want to say, I just say, I use the word weird because that's just a generic term for anything I don't understand. <laughs> that's just, and that's perhaps not the best, but um, you have a, you have a particular passion, uh, and it involves costumes and it involves all kinds of things that I know little about. So tell me a little bit about your, uh, where did this passion for Renaissance fairs and, uh, how did that start? Sure. Um, so it started to be quite honest, the way it does for a lot of people our age. And that is my kids were into it. Right. So well, I, I mean, we went, I went when I was in college as a fun day, uh, excuse to drink and dress up and be silly. Um, but then we didn't go for years until 
2010, we took my kids who were uh, teenagers at the time uh, to experience the Ren Fair. And my one son fell in love with the concept and wanted to be part of the cast. So he tried out for the cast, but because he was a minor, he needed to have an, a parent there with him. Uh, so his dad and I took turns being around um, every weekend for like eight weeks in a row. Um, you know, while he participated and then the next year, my other son joined and the next year my daughter joined and it became a family thing, uh, that we just, you know, started doing, uh, so we've been doing it for 12 years now. And we are at that point now where if my kids quit, I'd probably keep doing it. Um, so how would fun. you, yeah. So, so first let me just, maybe we need to just take one step back and talk about like, what is a renaissance fair is it simply a, an event or is there something else that goes with it so give us the the overview of, of the renaissance fair slash experience i think it it differs right there are some places where it's a single weekend event and there are some week places where it's a nine week season um so the rent rent fairs that i do i do two now um one in hudson valley new york and one in tuxedo new york uh they're long seasons eight, nine week ends in a row plus rehearsal beforehand. And um, depending again on what state fair, what event it is, sometimes it's people rent out like a field and pitch a bunch of tents and do some uh, singing and dancing and acting out like they're in the Renaissance period, old England usually. Um, uh, and you, there's usually vendors who sell turkey legs and, moccasins and things that go along with the costuming. Um, there's often things like um, jousts and horses and um, body songs with wenches and those kinds of things. And again, it all depends. Um, there's a, a big fair here in Pennsylvania where I live down in the Lancaster area. It's on a, the land of a winery and they have a permanent it's like a town. And when they're not in fair season, the town's just closed. The one I'm in right now in New York tuxedo is the same thing. Others have temporary areas that they kind of set up and then they break it all down at the end. So it, it depends. But in, in general, it's a place we like to say at the tuxedo fair that it's like where fantasy comes to life. And it's essentially a place where there's a lot of escapism, right? There's a lot of people who come to, pretend there's someplace else for the day and just put everything else aside. And I also think right now there's a lot of younger folks. And by younger folks, I mean twenties and thirties who are just really into pretending to be somebody else, right? They, they cosplay and they put the costumes on and they're intermingling. They intermingle the Renaissance fair experience with their other passions like Dungeons and Dragons and Doctor right. Who. And it's just all about, being somebody else on the weekend so that so I how does it how does it differ from uh like a civil war reenactment what's the difference is it because there's not an audience or what what's the the key difference yeah i think i mean format? i've seen civil war reenactments with audiences right um okay. but i but they're they tend to the reenactors from my experience they'll tell you their big difference is that they're trying to be super uber historical and that the passion for them is getting that historical piece right and reenacting something 
but they're still putting on costumes and playing with sure. weapons and, and fighting each other and, and doing that. They're just not doing it theatrically, typically. Uh, Ren Fair is a, a little bit more theatrical and it has more of a variety of types of things that are happening. What what kind of uh, research or knowledge do you have to have? Like a person that, oh, I just want to do it. Like, can you just step in or is it like, okay, before you do that, you got to watch these movies and read these books. And, and like, what do you, what every, do you mean? Every fair is different. So there are, there's a fair in Connecticut that's all Robin Hood themed. Um, and there are fairs. Our fair is uh, circles around uh, Queen Elizabeth, right? Um, and her time and what she did. Um, there, are, there are fair in Virginia um, has a totally different theme, the one in Pennsylvania. So every fair is different. Tends to help if you know and or understand Shakespeare. Not always, but a lot of times. Um, and it also depends on whether or not the, the writers of the scripts for the fair work in real characters right so we have sir francis drake and we have um other character we have a robin hood and a maid marion and this year instead of little john we have little joan and this year our sheriff of nottingham is a female so um we take those historical characters and bend them just a little depending on you know the whole business of mixing it up and making it a little bit more exciting because you can't do the same thing every year um so I think it, it depends on the fair, really. Uh, and and people who are into it from a perspective of being on what we call the home cast, which is the, the main storyline cast, they get to know the fairs that they're involved in. And they, they typically, most folks are only involved in their, their home casts, you know, where they live. But there are other people, what we call like the variety acts, like, for example, we have a variety act called Cirque de Sewer, and she does acrobatics with rats and cats, right? Now, she'll travel to all the fairs because she's not attached to the theme of the fair. She's just a cool show that people want to see, right? So, so that, can, that can work sort of as a standalone or whatever. Correct. Yeah. And she could probably do that in other venues. She just has to change her clothes. So if, if I were to go to one of these fairs as a um, as an attendee um, audience, what what would that be like? Like what describe my my experience as a first time attendee? So um, I, I, I you would walk in like there's typically some sort of pre gate event that introduces you to the theme of the day or whatever's happening and sets the tone. There's lots of smells. Um, lots of, because we're outside, there's lots of cooking and barbecuing and smoking and, um, you know, just like a, a state fair, like every five feet, there might be another booth with another cool food. You can't get anywhere else. Soup in a bowl and turkey legs and meat on a stick and all these fun things. Um, and then there's lots of sites. We do, we at our fair do something called the gauntlet, the morning gauntlet and the afternoon or evening gauntlet, which essentially is all of the characters in costume line the road and greet people on the way in. And we say goodbye to them on the way out. Right. And that's, you know, essentially to set the tone. Now at our fair in tuxedo, um, we, we work really hard to make it seem like you're entering our town. It's a, it's a festival day. The queen's coming for a visit. You're entering our town. So my son, Matt, plays a character named Maud Delance, and he's the Shire landscaper. 
And so he, when you walk in, you might see him kneeling at the edge of the road, feather dusting the road and cleaning it up because the queen is coming. And you might walk down a little bit further and you'd see the sheriff's guards, uh, you know, hassling the villagers. And you you would see the shepherdess walking around with a stuffed sheep on her head and, and the apothecary, you know, helping somebody with some potions or whatever. And we, we just kind of try to go about our day, especially when we're moving from location to location. Um, the way we would move in character and talk to each other about our day and what we're doing and that kind of thing. My character is the caretaker of the chessboard. So we have something called a living chessboard. And that's where we have um, some battles with swords and shields and rods and stuff. And, and it's my job to take care of that space and the people who fight on it. And I'm also the caretaker for the Robin Hood band. So I'm often following them around and making sure that they're not getting hurt and that kind of stuff. Um, but when I'm not taking care of that space or, um, you know, or the Robin Hood band themselves and doing something, you know, during a battle, then you might see me sitting on a bench, snapping peas or knitting with giant knitting needles or something. Cause that's what I do during the day. And as a participant, I, I, it's like going to any other theme park. I come and go as I please. Like, it's not like a fixed time. It doesn't, I, you know, I don't attend for an hour and a half. It's not like a performance that it's defined time. There are times there's a schedule and within the, within the, the event, but if line, I want to go, yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, okay. Yeah. If you're following the storyline, then you're going to want to be there from the beginning to the end, because there's something that happens about every hour, hour and a half with the storyline. And there's typically in most fairs, there's more than one storyline, right? So there might be the, the Robin hood storyline and then the queen, has her own storyline. And then we have the jousts, which happen three times during the day. And they also have progressions. So, and that again, there's a little bit of business going on there, right? You can't do it all in one day. So you have to come back. Um, and, you know, so there's that. But the idea there is that there's a little bit for everyone. Some people just come and shop, right? Because there's so mm. many cool places to shop and, right. you know, candles and pewter and clothes, lots of clothes. Um, some people just come to eat. We also have a lot of, um, for lack of a better way of putting it, mechanical rides for the kids, like things that people push and, and swirl and things like that. So there, you know, some people bring their kids and that's all they get to do all day is take their kids on the rides. Um, so it depends on, you know, on what you're into and that's part right. of it, I think, is but providing lots, yeah. enough different things. Yeah. So when you think about the time and energy you've been like, what is it that you get from this um, volunteer time commitment that sort of, I don't know, like I often ask, well, like, how does it feed your soul? That's a really good question. I think that that for me has evolved over the years, right? Like I said, when I started doing it, I was doing it to support my kids. They wanted to be there. So I needed to be there. Um, I entertained a lot when I was younger, when I was in high school and college, and I had had to step away from it when I had kids because it wasn't something I had time for. So there's a little bit of that um, feeding the entertainment bug, if you will, interacting with people. As you know, I like to do that. Um, I also, I like I said, I do two fairs now, back to back. One starts in April, goes to July. One starts in August, goes to October. And the August to October one, I also feed folks. I feed the cast 
over the course of the weekend, we camp and a lot of the cast doesn't necessarily, you know, it's not an easy way to take care. There's no really facility for them to cook or, or anything. So I run a co-op and I feed people, which is another thing that fills my soul. Right. Um, so, but I really do think um, just providing people with that outlet to escape a little and enjoy themselves. Um, even if I wasn't feeding folks, even if my kids weren't doing it anymore, I think that that would be what would keep me coming back is, is seeing the reaction on people's faces when they're enjoying themselves. Well, as you're speaking about that, I, I know I can think right away of how that, you know, certainly um, aligns with your personality and your work as an educator. But, but let me, let me uh, just frame that question a little more clearly how, and maybe it doesn't like, like how does your work in uh, Renfair uh, contribute to you as a teacher, as an educator? And, or maybe it doesn't because there's a lot of people that I talk to, like they like doing this thing simply because like you mentioned escapism, like that's part of it. I do it because it's so different from my job and I want it to be an escape and I don't necessarily have to make it connect back to them. But at the same time, most educators that I know are always making connections between, you know, all kinds of things they do and, oh, that's just like this. And again, feel free to say it's purely escape and that's why I do it. Or how does it impact and has it sort of impacted you as an educator and what's it taught you or what's it, how has it helped you? It's, it's funny that you asked that because I could probably think of a dozen or more people off the top of my head who I work with at Renfair who are also educators. Now, that is in part because the summer frees them up a little bit to participate, right? But I also think it's in the nature. It's in the nature of um, providing people with something. Um, and that might be like as an educator, yes, it's important for me to people understand my students understand chemistry or that they think critically and they utilize the skills that I, um, you know, present to them in a way that's going to help them. But one of the things that makes me the educator that I am is just providing people with fill in the blank like a giver, if you will, for lack of a better putting, not that all educators are givers, but that for some of us, it's what brings us to the vocation, right? And so I think that this is just another way of providing an audience of people with whatever it is they need that day. And in some ways for me, that's not just the people who are coming in the gates. It's also my cast. It's also the kids that I'm sure. taking care of. I don't get to take care of kids in the classroom anymore, but I've got 50 kids I feed and I take care of and I check in on them all day long. And I think that for me, that's part of what's what I'm bringing there. And I think that comes from that same gene, if you will, right. that makes me yeah. an educator. Yeah, definitely. Definitely makes sense to me. That's easy. Um, so the last question is what, is there anything else that you would want people to know about Ren Fair that you didn't have a chance to 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 say already? Like what other or what other questions should I have asked you about Ren Fair? I think I think that 
the most important thing that I think that people could know about Ren Fair is that you do participate in whatever level you're comfortable with. And often it is that opportunity for you to kind of find the weirdness um, that you might be afraid to use, like in your day, in school or in your job or whatever it might be. But you, that weirdness is in you. And I don't, I'm not offended by the word weirdness. As a matter of fact, everything goes in our rent fair, right? We've got folks wearing tails. We've got folks in costumes of all kinds. The truckies come, the Star Wars people come. Everyone comes dressed in costume as, as an opportunity to kind of feel that little bit of validation in whatever it is that they want to have validated. So just, you know, I think educators work so hard at what they do on a day-to-day -day basis that you have to have some sort of outlet and not be afraid. And that's one of the things that I love about run fairs too, is because, because there, there's a lot of them and in different places, sometimes you have, you can travel away from your hometown a little and go someplace for the weekend and be somebody completely different that you can't be in your classroom. And so I think that if there's any message, it's like, if this kind of thing appeals to you, just find it. It's out there. Well, definitely sounds like something that uh, I think a lot of people would find uh, interesting. So I guess we're encouraging them to find their local Ren Fair and, and uh, give it a go. <laughs> Indeed. Well, thanks, Patty, so much for taking time. I know it's been a long time since we've chatted, and I'm glad you're able to come on and just share a little bit. You're welcome, Dean. Thank you for asking. Okay. See you soon. Fare thee well.